Guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley, joined, as always, by the number one producer in Late Night, is Sherry Voluntary. Sherry, where have you been? Ugh, dead almost. No, <laughs> I mean... In tech hell. <laughs> that's, ooh, that's, that sounds awful. It is. You know, I, I end up there a lot since I'm dumb. <laughs> if, if, you, if you could go to tech hell and talk to one person, who would it be? Oh, what's the dude from Apple? Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs, yeah. I, I think most him. people, I think a lot of people miss Steve Jobs because they feel like Apple was better off when he was around than it is now. But I, I always, I never use Apple, so I don't know. But you heard it here for, first, ladies and gentlemen. Sherry Voluntary thinks Steve Jobs is burning in hell. I do. Wow. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you who's not burning in hell. You may not be aware of this. So first of all, I don't know if they're married because we don't do anywhere near good enough research on this program. <laughs> but Macaulay Culkin is now a dad. Yeah. His, he and Brenda Song have just, they've just given birth to their first child, a boy named Dakota. Now I want you to look at that picture for a second there really quick. Mm-hmm. B- boy, talk about, talk about Dakota Culkin <laughs> being on a knife's edge. Just, right. just I, the Lord yeah. giveth and the Lord taketh <laughs> away as, as, as I'm wont to say, I mean, you know me. Right. right. Yeah. Yes. I, now I haven't seen this kid, but right. wherever this baby is right now, we're going to find out if we have a loving God or a vengeful God. <laughs> Will this child get hot Asian genes and be right. generic diversity higher A? Right. Or will this child get Culkin genes and be homeless man ODs on meth more at 11? <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I think there's all there's quite a bit of beauty disparity there. Kind of call it I, that. I, you know what? I'll tell you what, though. Good on him. Good. Yeah. Good job, Macaulay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's she's a looker, no doubt. Just. And and also too, like I'm not really a huge fan of the name Dakota, but it's a hell of a lot better than Macaulay. So, yes. or all those other celebrity names, um, you know, like Ocean like, and East like and, uh, Apple, yeah, and and what was uh, that dude? He named his kid Copilot. Wait, what? Copilot. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. who who named their baby Copilot? Um. I can't think of his name right now. He was in that movie, uh, uh, Mall Rats and all those movies. He's a Scientologist guy. What's his name? I, I forget his name. What? This is, <laughs> oh, this is going to bother me now. Okay. During the commercial break, we're going to look that up. Okay. He was the one. Okay. We'll look it up. He was the all one right. that shook everybody's hand with the, when he t- touched his bottom. Just saying. Well, now, now I know you're telling the truth, because if there's anything about the pedophiles in Hollywood, they know about touching the bottom and then, right. and then shaking your hand. So there you go. There you um, go. Boy, this this episode really just got off to a weird. <laughs> I'm back, a... everyone. <laughs> Speaking of that, you know, we just did a segment about a new celebrity life coming into the world. But, you know, there's also been some celebrity deaths. And the first one we're going to talk about at the age of 50. That's too young, by the way. At the age yeah. of 50, the rapper DMX has shuffled off this mortal coil. Um, you know, and, and it was a heart attack, by the way. So, you know, not a gun, not cocaine. Right. Not that cocaine couldn't have contributed. To, I mean, who? far be it for me to tell you how much cocaine you should or shouldn't have. But right. obviously, however much it was, it either was or wasn't enough for DMX. Right. Um, <laughs> But and if you want to see somebody who really doesn't have a whole lot in common with DMX, both in terms of being um, having much less melanin and having a lot more years, yes, there's Prince Philip across the pond. Prince Philip, um, not he was 99, and just by the way, that's as good of a picture as I could find. <laughs> I mean, if, I mean, I could find a, a picture of him when he was younger, you know, of course, right. But a, a picture that was like even within the last twenty years was not exactly favorable. So right. by by Phil, by Prince Philip standards, that's as good as you're going to get. I mean, but you know us here on the program, we're not ones to just do a big in memoriam section like sports ball and not have a not have a laugh or two. So we're gonna Sh- Sherry, you and I are gonna play a game. Okay, I'm down. This is a, 
I came up with this game right before we went on. It's going to be who will have more of what at their funeral. <laughs> okay. So this, so this is how we're going to play. And, and, and folks at home, you follow along. I'm going to read out a question of, of who will have more this type of person at their funeral. Ah. And then Sherry will decide if either DMX or Prince Philip would have more of those people. So there's DMX and there's Prince Philip. All right. Are you ready, Sherry? I believe I am, Alan. Okay. Number one, who will have more NBA players at their funeral? Um, I think it's pretty safe to say DMX. I'm going DMX. With DMX. Okay. All right. Fair. I think that's a probably a pretty good assumption. Okay. All right. Round two. Who will have more members of royalty at their funeral? Okay. This so far, pretty easy, I think. Okay. Prince Philip. All right. Good answer. All right. We're going to get a little bit tougher. Okay. Who is more likely to have more rappers and hip hop artists at their funeral? Um, DMX, I believe. Okay. DMX. <laughs> Probably a pretty safe answer. All right. Yeah. Last one. Bonus round. Okay. Ooh. Who is going to have more pedophiles at their funeral? Um, let me think. Could it be Prince Philip? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm not saying Prince Philip has diddled some children. Right. But I'm saying people, people very close to Prince Philip mm. have almost certainly <laughs> diddled some children. Yeah, yeah. I believe that there's a bunch of child botherers in that family. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there there definitely is. Yeah. I before we take our first break, I do want to mention one thing that's halfway serious and I and I saw this on social media right before we got ready to to do tonight's show. Did you know that we are now up to the 2-year anniversary of Julian Assange being taken out of the embassy and taken to Belmarsh wow. prison there in in <sighs> in London? No, that's, I I did not know that. Wow, like two I, years. Two years. Yeah, I mean, that was what really struck me is that I still, like, I vividly remember the whole, like, remember him, like, in the car or on the bus or whatever, giving, like, right. the thumbs up and, you know, with his beard and everything and them and them driving him away and all that Gosh. stuff. That was that long ago. Two years ago. Yeah, the before two years times. Ago. The, yeah, in the before times. <laughs> but what's funny is, is that, so we, way back two years ago on the program, on, on the old show, we talked about that really briefly. It was actually right around the time that we had Ron Paul on the show. Right. And then, and then we didn't, re we hadn't really had any type of big Julian Assange update until, I mean, whatever it was, like 18, 20 months later when we talked about the extradition hearing, which they chose to not extradite. Julian Assange to the United States. Now mm -hmm. the U.S. is appealing that, and it's not technically worked its way through the courts yet. But but as of as of this recording, that's where it stands: is that they they had the extradition hearing. The judge ultimately decided to not extradite him to the United States. And the reason why this is so interesting to bring up today is because this is the two-year anniversary of him being taken to Belmarsh, where he remains. He's still there. Mm -hmm. Now, they, he, he did try to get um, at least like let out on bail, and that was denied, which is a travesty in of itself. Right. But, but it's, it's, what's interesting, though, is that I, I feel like the layman outside of this whole thing would say, well, but wait a minute. If he's not really particularly on trial for anything right this second, and like I know there's the whole business of well did he did he break bail by trying to escape to the embassy and all that stuff mm -hmm. but but one one would ask just ask out loud that well if there's not a current trial going on or if there is it shouldn't take multiple years to get around to hearings correct and so why is he in Belmarsh right now like why isn't why isn't he either at a minimum out on his own recognizant or at a maximum it's just case dismissed and we're moving on with their lives. And that's, and that's kind of the interesting place that Assange is at right now in that he sort of had that minor legal victory in that he wasn't shipped off to the, to Guantanamo Bay that right. day. But that doesn't mean he's free. That just mm -hmm. means his enemies will live to fight another day. Right. right. Like he's like they're <laughs> like you, you wait here until we figure out a way to nail you. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think it's great because um, you know, you're usually if they like let you out of your own recognizance or whatever, it's they, they'll say if they don't want that, you know, he's a flight risk. Well, 
He might be, but where is Julian Assange going to go in the world that people don't know who he is? Like, that's... Yeah. Even if he did escape again, like, people are going to know yeah. where he is, so... Well, I just, you know, I... We're, you know, I... We're going to get ready to take the first commercial break. I just want to end that that note by just simply saying, I feel like... And in, in, in other people more eloquently than I have already talked at great length about how he's had all of these legal troubles while the secrets he exposed, the people he exposed, the war crimes that he exposed mm-hmm. committed by the U.S. military in particular. You know, no one has gone down for that, yet here he sits in Belmarsh. <laughs> I, I feel like my, my, my leaving point on that is, is that it, it, se- it seems like, far be it for me to have my tinfoil hat on, but it seems like... They will either figure out a way to get to make him suffer or they will just simply have him languish in in the judicial system in some way until he dies. Like whether and I and I hope he doesn't like if either if any of us were in the position he was in, I could I couldn't imagine the mental strain and the psychological torture that he's been under for years now. Yeah. Um, I hope that that does not drive him to do something to himself, but it seems like his enemies kind of have this attitude of, well, if we if we can't if we can't dot the t- dot the i's and cross the t's in such a way that's gonna that's gonna make him turn him over to our custody, then at a minimum we'll just make him languish there until he expires. That's yeah. that's kind of how I feel about it. So disgusting. This this would have been a lot more fun monologue if we had ended with the pedophile joke. Right, I know. Pedoph- pedophiles are way more fun than Julian Assange dying in prison. Jeez. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Sherry Voluntary says pedophiles are just more fun. Guys, we'll be right back after the break with the meme of the week and the viewer mail. Don't go away. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. Guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, Sherry. Yes? What time is it? Meme of the week! Minnesota officer meant to fire taser, not handgun. In deadly Dante Wright shooting, police chief says. <laughs> look at the... Look, look at that little policeman's cap on that goddamn retard. <laughs> oh, Lord. I love the little the little uh, hamster cage wheel on the guy. <laughs> and they're, like... they're putting their hands on his shoulder like, You're, you did good. You did good. It's okay, buddy. We understand. <laughs> so just just for the folks at home, you know, we're we we do very strict curating here at the program for what meme right. of the week we're gonna use. And so we had a couple of other contenders for this week's meme of the week. And th- that was the one we decided on, but I don't want you guys to miss out. So here was a couple of the alternate these these were the honorable mention meme of the weeks this week. So this was meme of the week number two. Block nine millimeter. <laughs> Diversity hire lady cop. Is this a taser? Oh, God. Far be it for us to not have a little misogyny on the program. Yeah, I love a little misogyny. <laughs> and then finally, <laughs> finally, meme of the week number three. Minnesota police officer. I meant to draw my taser. <laughs> Wink. That's probably the most truest one. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, okay. Uh, I'll just, I'm going to get this out here. Because we're not really talking about the Dante Wright thing on the show tonight. Uh, because, in, in fact, we've, we've done this on the show before where I said I can't yeah. cover every single, like, cop murder on the program. Because right. they just won't stop killing They people. just won't stop murdering people, yeah. So so we're not actually talking about that in any great length. But I, I feel like now that we've opened up Pandora's box on this, I, I do want to say, look, I've seen the body cam footage. And based on how it went down and based on the reaction... It does actually seem like the officer legit just totally spaced it 
and and actually thought when they pulled the trigger like like the prongs would come out instead of a bullet mm-hmm. but this is not me defending her by the way this is like like let's like let's say I give it to you and it's totally an accident. Like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna seed the ground that it was a huge terrible mistake. Mm-hmm. Okay, but huge terrible mistakes still have consequences. As Dante Wright Correct. certainly found out in 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 literal sense has consequences, but also should have follow up consequences. So like if. Because we, do, Sherry and I do this all the time. So when I was last out in East Tennessee visiting visiting Sherry, and I said, hey guys, look, I'm going to shoot Sherry with a taser. <laughs> so when, when I pulled the trigger, but I actually gunned her down with a 9mm, right. um, Sherry didn't say, oh, Alan. Yeah. Now, <laughs> oh. now they know where I've really been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> but... Like even if it was genuinely an accident, and 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 you immediately got up and dusted yourself off because you know you're like Luke Cage or something, and you right. said, "Alan, oh man, he's <laughs> done it again, you guys." Like, but there would there would still be consequences for my actions. Yeah. Like like there would. So like I'm pretty sure your kids wouldn't be like, "Dang it, mom's dead." <laughs> Well, guess I gotta make well, dinner. <laughs> well, the, I, well, the, the, that actually might be their reaction, but the reaction would also be, "He should go to jail." Yeah, and and they would be right because you can't. Though there's certain like it's not a mistake like you tripped over your own feet on the sidewalk. That's a mistake <laughs> that only hurt you and didn't hurt anyone else, and right. you've already felt some physical ramifications of your mistake, and that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. This is this is not that. This is you have ended. You have taken someone else's life. We believe in all all rights are property rights, and we right. believe you own yourself. and And the worst form of theft that there is is murder, because you have mm-hmm. stolen that person's life. Now, you know, say you accidentally stole that person's life because look, you thought it was your apartment. It was late. You were drunk. You thought you walked into your apartment. You didn't realize it was Botham John's apartment. Right. Even <laughs> if I were to give it to you that that was totally a mistake, mm-hmm. you still accidentally took his life. Correct. Now, I'm not going to sit here and get into debate with you about the finer details of, oh, was he resisting? Oh, w- was the traffic stop legit? Guys, right. first of all, I'm not. the reason I'm not going to go there is because if you think any of the answers to any of those questions should be, well, in that case. Right end his life, then you are just human filth and you can go tune into another program. Correct. But, <laughs> correct. It's correct. But, but the point being is, is that I, for one, I just, it's amazing. It's amazing to me that they're honest to God. Like when I shared that, like I told a couple of my friends, hey, they're saying it was an accident. The officer thought it was a taser. <sighs> my, my friends were saying like, like, they thought I was being facetious. Like, you're just saying that to be funny. I was like, no, hold on. And I, like, screenshot the headline right. from the chief of police. Like, that's this is honest to God, their story, and they're sticking to it. Wow. So, we will certainly find out um, if the rules apply to them as they apply to us. Right. But we will certainly keep you posted on the Dante Wright thing. In the meantime, let's answer some viewer mail. I can't I can't tell what I like more about that one. Yeah. If if it's the throwback to mid 90s soft rock or <laughs> if it makes you feel like you were playing putt putt golf. Yeah, I mean, that's fun. I like it. I I kind of you you like that or you like mini golf? I I like the one you just did. I I mean, you have a bunch of different good ones, so they're good. Right now people have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> In fact, they don't even see you. This is just a voice in my head right now. <laughs> I'm here, Alan. I'm here. Okay. All right. So you're you're going on record. Okay. What's more fun, pedophiles or putt-putt golf? 
Well, fun for me is putt-putt golf. Fun for pedophiles is pedophiling, so. <laughs> pedophiling. Yeah. All right, so anyway, Andrew Avery writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, Was Marty Feldman seeing someone on the side? Now, Andrew, I got to tell you, like, bringing up a random, obscure actor from, like, the middle of the 20th century from Britain, like, that... I don't feel like that's going to strike a lot of chords with right. our modern viewers. So, so just just for you guys at home, so that you can be in on the joke with 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 Andrew. So this is Marty Feldman right here. Take a look. So that's that's Marty Feldman. <laughs> How dare you, Andrew? Right. Yeah. How dare you make fun of a man based on his appearance and not the content of his character? We don't do that around here. Like <laughs> Never. like with like with Prince Philip. Um. So, you know what? He actually was seeing someone on the side. So, there you go. Yeah. Well. Uh, Eric Eli writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, this is a, this is, okay, this is a visual question. And, and, mm. I, and I actually, I, I want to make people understand that this is not okay. You can't give me graphics to put on the show. I already, <laughs> I already have a show to produce. I don't need you guys sending me things. But we did. Dear Alan and Sherry, which one is correct? Number one or number two? What's what's the what's the name of that dinosaur? Brock Brachiosaurus. Brachios Brachiosaurus. Yeah, Brontosaurus, something like that. Something okay, like that. so the answer, in all seriousness, is number two. Yeah. Absolutely, because you, two. because his neck is really long. But even mm -hmm. if you're with, no matter what the length of your neck is, the tie is at the base of your neck, right? Not at the top of your neck. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, like it's... like I wouldn't have my tie up here at my chin. It's, right. it's down here on my collar. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't see why, why this is a question. Honestly, you haven't, you haven't been to a lot of our viewer mails. Have you? <laughs> you know, have, it, you know it, it actually made me think of, have you seen the meme of, of a dog wearing pants? Which one yeah. is correct? Should they have like, are they going to wear blue jeans up all four legs or are they going to wear blue <laughs> jeans on their hind legs? To me, again, this isn't even a debate. Like, Right. If if we walked on all fours, this would still be our fronts and this would still be our backs. So right. you would still just wear the jeans on your back legs. So they would right. just wear yeah. blue jeans on their hind legs. Like it's not even. Right. Yeah. I, I okay. do not wear jeans across my boobs. I mean, yeah. now that I'm getting older. Well, well, Britney, well, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake did in that one picture. Remember where they wore like the whole jean outfits? She had like a whole jean dress. Oh. And, remember? <laughs> well, not anyway, <laughs> there's been some obscure ass references in this episode yeah, no so kidding. far. Okay. That was a terrible Cl picture. You're, you're a terrible picture. I know. Uh, free Brittany. Clay Davis writes, dear Alan and Sherry, do you think it was... Clay, I don't think I can... Can I read this in, on the air without us getting yes. canceled? Okay. You said retard earlier, <laughs> you, so you just... already getting canceled. Fucking retard. <laughs> uh, Clay Davis writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, do you think it was difficult for George Takei to say the words glory hole without an Asian accent while Roosevelt was locking up Japanese Americans in camps? Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. So first of all, so first of all, Clay, is everything all right, buddy? Is, it, <laughs> you, is everything all right? Okay? Oh. Wow. Wow. Well. I don't know what to say. This is a very literal show, and we give literal answers. And so to answer your question, Clay, do you think it was difficult for George Takei to say the words glory hole without an Asian accent while Roosevelt was locking up Japanese Americans in camps? My answer is, I don't think it was because, by God, he's a professional actor. That's right. He could do it. Oh, my. <laughs> you know what? what cut your... Cut, Cut your mic for the rest of the show for that. That's it. You're out of here. <laughs> You're out of here. Uh, Mike Meharry writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, would you rather be hot or cold and why? Now, I actually already answered Mike on... Mike, so this tells you how old Mike Meharry's getting, guys. Mike, <laughs> not only have we had that question on this program before, that question was asked by Mike back at the episode 150 special that he was a part of. Right. Well, I thought we had done gone over this already. We we I mean we went over this already in graphic detail, 
by Mike asking me that question <laughs> live on stage. Right. Um, he actually followed up with substitute. How old is old man Meharry's? How funny is old man Meharry's memory loss? Uh, pretty damn funny. I I, like, I enjoy it. Ten. Ten out of ten. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan Kranz writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, what is your favorite pastry? Sherry, what's your favorite pastry? Um, oh, I mean, I, is a croissant a pastry or is that just bread? I, I, I love those cream horns. <laughs> oh, cannoli. Oh, oh, cannoli. Um, Chicken fajita nachos with extra cheese. Lyle Mario <laughs> writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, will buying an extended vehicle warranty plan protect my car from immediately exploding when my driver's license expires this month? Um, it actually won't, but here's the thing. Um, if I'm, This is what I'm going to do, Lyle. I'm going to start calling you every day around noon to ask to let you know that your vehicle's extended warranty plan is expiring and ask you whether or not you would like to uh, extend it. Because somebody does that for me. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, well, you... I was going to say, um, hello, my name is Sarah Richardson. Oh, okay. So, all right, so just, so we've done pedophiles. <laughs> we've done retard. Um. We've done we've done some 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 Asian glory hole stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now and now now we're doing Bangladesh. So if if this episode isn't the the episode that gets us canceled, then I, we might just be immune. Honestly, I, uh, like like after they take the COVID vaccine, right? You know that. <laughs> You know the the official the official fiance of it's too late really uh-huh. doesn't enjoy the one great uh, impression that I do. I'm not really an impressions person. I'm really more of a zany analogies type comedian. I'm not really an impressions comedian. The only impression I do really well is calling you about your long distance service. <laughs> and and I'll tell you what, she doesn't like it. I don't know why. Yes, are I'm calling about your long distance service. <laughs> are you happy with your long distance service? They always have to say though they have a name like, you know, Bob. Hello, this is Bob I'm calling from Bangladesh. <laughs> yeah. Um. God, we're. But by, by we, I mean you're racist, Sherry. You're racist. <laughs> um. Clay asked another question, but I, Clay, I think you had enough. He's he um, done. Last last one for this week. Adam Sakosin writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, if you let cookie dough ice cream melt, is it ice cream, soup, cereal, or liquidy cookie dough? Now, now Adam's trying to get us here because, see, he listed soup and cereal as two different things. But as people who watch this program know, cereal is soup. Is soup, right. And so I'm actually going to say that if you let it melt and you're left with a bowl of melted ice cream, so I guess just cream now, and there's cookie dough in it, sounds like soup to me. You Oh, 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 do you remember those little, the, the cookie crunch or whatever it was, cookie cereal? Do you remember that? When they actually just didn't even pretend that cereal wasn't anything but candy? Like, do you remember I think those? They, I think they still have it. Really? I think they still, I think they still have that. And I, well, now you've got like Reese's Puffs cereal. Like they just, right. it's just Reese's. Just, <laughs> just pour Daddy. some Reese's into a bowl and pour milk and just eat it. Just, just do it. Just eat it. I'll do that. Uh, Don't dare God. me. I tell you what, if I had a halfway decent producer, they would be in my earbuds saying, Alan, we're like, we're like six minutes over for the segment. We got to cut. Alan, and then, and then, the and then I would say to them, well, let's just go ahead and do the rest. <laughs> um, guys, we're going to be right back to talk about why no amendment to the Constitution is absolute right after this break. Don't go away. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. 
email us at info at alanmosley.tv. Guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, so Sherry has informed me that it is the actor Jason Lee who was Earl in the show My Name is yes. Earl. And yes. he had a son, and he named his son Pilot Inspector. Yes. Inspector with a K. Correct. <laughs> Why, that, though? <laughs> I mean... Like, if you said to me, Alan, who's going to kill themselves? Uh, my answer would be someone named Pilot Inspector. Right. <laughs> Pilot yeah, Inspector it, Lee. Yeah, it's it's like, well, with the Dakota, you know, Dakota from uh, Brenda Song and Macaulay Culkin, at least they did something kind of normal, not. Yeah. Like, I have a weird name child, you know, but it's like an actual foreign name. It's not Pilot Inspector. It's just crazy. Yeah. You're, 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 you're talking about Vladimir, right? That's, that's what you're talking about. <laughs> Vladimir. Vladimir. Yeah. That's what I'm going to call him from now on. <laughs> so, love that. so anyway, um, a lot of people were really up in arms because just, uh, well, I mean, almost a week ago now at this point, um, Joe Biden went up to the steps of the, the Capitol or the white house. And he gave this big impassioned speech about how, we're, we're, we're just one more bit of federal gun control away from living in a, a paradise. And the, the natural response, the, the correct response, by the way, um, is, well, but federal gun control is unconstitutional. All federal gun control is unconstitutional. And, and President Biden kind of was ready to head that objection off by the past when he said that those people who rant and rave about the Second Amendment, that's a phony argument. And then he followed up that phony argument comment with this statement. Sherry? But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. No amendment. Yeah. No amendment to the Constitution is absolute. <laughs> now, I feel like we could, I could just say, you know what, he's right. And then we could just go to commercial break and we're done. But oh. I'm, I'm going to go a little bit deeper. So first of all, in some sense... In some sense, he is right, because the Constitution doesn't mean a goddamn thing. Yeah, I mean, it clearly doesn't, because if this man, this man who is the president can can walk up to that podium and, and look the American people in the eyes and say, so I'm getting ready to sign some executive orders saying that I'm changing the way gun laws work because I said so. And here, it even has my signature. <laughs> the fact that he wasn't drug out onto the lawn and strung yes. up right there in front of everybody tells you that clearly law is meaningless and the Constitution has no authority whatsoever. Correct. Um, however, at the same time, it's hard for me to take seriously a lot of the opposition to specifically to President Biden when he makes that statement. Because that statement is one of those things where you, you hear some people say when they say the quiet part out loud, that's really all that was. Like mm. the, the the people who work within the state, Leviathan has always felt that way. Mm -hmm. Leviathan has always felt like no amendment is absolute and they're just going to do whatever they want. Yep. It's ju he just said it out loud. That's really all it is. But <laughs> and his it's elderliness. Hard. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't even remember he said it. So give right. the man a break. <laughs> but but that being and now now we're making fun of Alzheimer's patients. This is this has been a rough episode <laughs> for everyone who isn't me. So so anyway, but it's hard for me to take the opposition seriously when the guy who sat in that chair right before him, Donald Trump also prosecuted uh, more federal gun control than any other president, uh, including with signing an executive order to ban bump stocks. Mm -hmm. And while I'm not saying that there wasn't some opposition to that, it wasn't the same. And it right. certainly wasn't the same people. You didn't see the same uh, a, a supposed right-wing activists and gun rights activists nationwide saying, oh, no, 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 you don't have that authority. So you, so whatever orders you're issuing 
are null and void within our city, our state, our county, whatever. You saw a little bit of that, but you didn't see a lot of it. Right. And now you're seeing some of those same usual suspects now ready to go to bat for gun rights because Biden said it. Yeah. And and so that that being neither here nor there, that's that's hypo- hypocrisy in a nutshell. Um, but but there's there's a few other stories that have happened in the news since since that speech that it's just kind of interesting timing for as we're recording this episode. So there was actually a school shooting uh, closer to your neck of the woods, Sherry, uh, out there in East Tennessee. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, in which I understand there's actually been a rash of shootings out there in the Austin East uh, community area of Knoxville. Uh, but there was a school shooting out there in Knoxville, Tennessee, and a lot of people like to score political points because that's that's sort of where we're at in in political discourse is that the people people want to score political points. People on the left don't really give a damn about some random kids or officer who gets shot at a school shooting. They want to use that to score political points in the same way that, that people on the right really don't give a damn about the, the right to bear arms. They really just care who's issuing the edicts to score political points. Mm-hmm. And, and to the point to the, the whole concept of political points, I saw some people on Twitter that were saying, Oh, well, of course, of course, we've had a school shooting when not just days ago, our Republican governor, Bill Lee, had just signed into law a constitutional carry in the state of Tennessee. Now, we actually had a little write-up from that. It actually comes from our friend, Mike Meharry, who from the 10th Amendment Center. He had a little write-up, uh, Tennessee enacts constitutional carry. Now, of course, I could go into the details and say that I know that these people are just trying to score political points because, well, for one... The bill hadn't even gone, got into effect yet at the mm-hmm. time of the school shooting. And two, that particular bill, ladies and gentlemen, only applies to people age 21 and older who, if, they're, if you're above 21 and you have a legal right to possess a firearm, which, of course, we would say everyone does. But, right. you know, that's legalese for felons, people in the state of Tennessee with a record who are not going to be normally issued a license. Um, if you're not one of those people you can now either openly or conceal carry without a permit in the state of Tennessee. Now, if you want to enjoy that right in another state that has reciprocity with Tennessee, you'd still have to have a license saying, oh, I'm from Tennessee. I, I want to enjoy reciprocity. But if you're in the state of Tennessee, you can openly, it, we have constitutional carry now. Um, and so, yes, you have this speech from President Biden saying, we're going we're gonna to go after the right to bear arms. And then you have a state like Tennessee saying, well, if you're going to do that, then we're going to sign into law a constitutional carry and good on them. And then you have something like a school shooting. These are not, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, is that these are not really necessarily directly related. Mm-hmm. And, and, and while I'm happy that my home state, the state of Tennessee has signed constitutional carry into law, they didn't rush constitutional. First of all, why didn't we always have constitutional carry? Why did it just pass? It just right. passed because we didn't already have it. Why didn't we already have it? They obviously didn't care about the right to bear arms before that day because we didn't always have it. And, and furthermore, when, when, when Donald Trump was in the presidency and he was signing executive orders to ban things like gun stocks, and when he was prosecuting more federal gun control than any president before him, did you see the Tennessee state legislature and Governor Bill Lee rushing to pass Custer's carry? I didn't see it. Not, um, neither did I, Alan. So that sounds to me, I mean, just, I'm sorry if I just sound like such a cynic. That sounds to me like they're really just more trying to score political points than they are trying to, uh, trying to make the world a better place. Doesn't it? So, uh, but before we get too carried away, the last thing I wanted to touch on is going back to that clip from Biden. He said, no amendment to the constitution is absolute. (sighs) That's such wonderful news. Well, now, Sherry, now that we know that no amendment to the Constitution is absolute, let's take a look at the amendments to the Constitution, shall we? There's the 27 amendments to the Constitution, starting with the first 10, the Bill of Rights, and going onward. Let's let's pick out a few of those that we're going to be happy to know are no longer absolute. We're going to skip the Bill of Rights from now. Let's move on to, um, oh, uh, how about the, yeah, the abolition of slavery, (laughs) <laughs> Amendment number 13. 
Oh, yeah. Biden, leave it up, leave it up to old man Biden who campaigned with leading members of the KKK to bring back slavery. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we glad for that? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, number 15, I, I, oh, number 15, rights not to be denied because of race. Well, mm. that that really sort of ties into the last yeah. one. same one. Hey, my man, amendment number 16 that gave us the federal income tax. Mm. Guys, I mean, tax season is upon us. If you haven't already filed, don't sweat it, my friends. Right. Just just send them just send them a friendly letter to your local <laughs> Department of Treasury and just let them know you're not going to be filing this year because hey, the income tax just simply isn't absolute. That's right. I like it. I I, I do I, I I would be remiss to skip over uh, number eighteen, which also was repealed by number twenty one. That was prohibition. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad. I'm, of course, it's it's been repealed, but I'm so I'm so glad both to know that that things like marijuana don't apply. <laughs> in this particular right. context. Uh, but also to know, but again, guys, who cares? It's, it's just not absolute. Number 19, My women's favorite. right to vote. <laughs> it would be your favorite. I'm just glad that he's, you know, made sure that my burden of voting is going to be taken care of. Cause I don't do it anyway. So there we go. Yeah. I don't have the burden to lug around. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to. I'm, I'm going to jump down to Amendment number 26, right to vote at age 18. It, you know, it's funny that that one's not even a joke anymore because, you know, you've seen some of these leftists who want to like they want to make the right to vote down to like 16. Have you seen? Right. That? Yeah. yeah. So so get that get that unfit to exist garbage out of here. <laughs> it just it's just it's such an unfortunate phrase like if i if i'm putting on my pr cap i would say mr president that probably wasn't the best choice of words because that's just going to rile up the opposition right that's going to get everybody upset saying well wait a minute you can't say that but then again he obviously can just say that because he just did and to to my knowledge let me let me check really quick oh yeah that's right he hasn't been impeached right it's 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 just yeah. it's interesting to me that in the in the modern age of multiple impeachments per president, if in my mind, I was never one that had a really strong opinion on the whole impeachments of Donald Trump, because it's just political theater. It really right. is. Yeah. But in my mind, if you're going to live in a world like, look, the state exists, right? We we. Our, our humrumphing, harumphing on this program doesn't change it. The state exists. We have the federal government that we have, and we have a near emperor-like figure that is the president of the United States that, that can rule via executive order. But in that system, if there was anything that was going to get that guy removed from office, you would think it would be that guy going on national television and saying, this this big, long document that that contains within it the confines with which we can operate the government. This document that says the few and defined powers for me and my office, that's not absolute. Right. It doesn't actually apply to me. How did that not get him drug out of the office that minute? Because we're weak. Well, we're not any... There you go saying we we again. (laughs) Sorry, my mouth came out. (laughs) My mouth's in my pocket. Yeah. We aren't yeah. anything, but people are weak. People are weak, but I, I guess I guess the cynical going going back around full circle back to cynical Alan is that you know I guess I can't find any lies in any of the things he said because in the in the world in which we live with the government with which we have he's right amendments to the Constitution aren't absolute and he absolutely can rule by executive order in the same way that his predecessor did in the same way that his predecessors did and in the same sense I know our if our friend Suzanne Sherman was here she would be up in arms right now saying this is what you get when you abandon federalism and put all of the ruling of the of the nation in the Supreme Court and the federal government is that when the federal government decides that something that one right or another is no longer absolute, then the decision has been made. Yep. Amen. So what I would love to see, I would love to see more states like Tennessee just did pass constitutional carry. But what I would like even more than that, or or along with that, is I would like to see more states pass bills that we we talked about on recent episodes, which are 
uh, laws that say that federal overreach is null and void, nullification. More Tenth Amendment nullification-inspired bills need to pass at the state level. More states need to pass bills that specifically detail that if a federal gun law is passed and if that infringes upon the Constitution or the laws within that state, then that law is not enforceable within that state. You know, Missouri can't fix what happens in California. Right. Tennessee can't fix what happens in New York. The, the next best thing they can do is fix what happens to Tennesseans within Tennessee. And I'm not, I'm not a big my constitution, my federalism guy, because I just, I, I inherently see the constitution as flawed and the state as evil, no matter how it's built. Yeah. Um, but that is preferable to having a tyrant in the White House saying that whatever right today was the Second Amendment. What will it be tomorrow? Right. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? It won't be the income tax, though. It won't be that one. No, that will be the last <laughs> one to go. That's the one they care about the most. I, I, I don't, I don't know why that made me think about this. I, I, I shouldn't be going on a goat trail because my producer is is wiring into me saying, "Hey, we're over time," <laughs> but. I've seen a lot of people saying, younger people and less economically inclined people, your socialist types have been saying, well, wait a minute. If they're just going to print and spend all this money, then why are we paying taxes? Ooh. I mean, I'll give it to them. It's a good damn question. That is a good damn question. But I'll tell you one thing. The spending is always on the table. Getting rid of taxes, that's never on the table. Never. Guys, we will be back with why the why women's suffrage was the end of America's we when we when we come back right after the spring. Guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, for our last segment today, uh, we're not, it's not that I'm really talking about the coronavirus per se, because I know I've said a number of times I'm done talking about the coronavirus. Instead, I want, this segment's really more about people. These people we like to affectionately call branch Covidians, because I tell you what, guys, there are people out there, and the word cult gets bandied around a little bit. But I tell you, it, I mean, when the shoe fits, right? there's these people out there and you see them on social media that, that their worldview is that you have to mask up and stay safe, that everyone should be should be forced, not just take the vaccine, be forced to vaccinate, that we just can't open up. People can't have indoor dining. You can't go to see any movies or any concerts. We, we can't go back. This is the new normal and we can't go back. And as, as long as the virus exists at all. And if you were to show them any evidence to the contrary, if you were to show them any charts or graphs that show that, well, actually, if you look at places like Florida or Texas, where they've dropped the, with Texas, they've dropped the mandates more recently in Florida, they've been not having been around for some time that in fact, their numbers are way better than states that have the harshest of lockdowns, even up to this very day, that should be heralded as good news. Like, mm-hmm. A, a, a rational human being with a shred of sympathy or empathy that doesn't just have a worldview that they need to see enforced, they would be happy to know that such charts and graphs were out there to show that, oh, well, actually people are doing a lot better. Cases are way down. And in places where they've dropped the lockdowns and the mandates, um, you know, people are getting healthier. People are going back to living their lives. The economy is improving. Good on them. But that actually, that actually makes them upset. 
It makes them upset because their need to be right about their draconian lockdowns is greater than their want for life to return to normal and for people to be healthy and happy. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a heavy thing to say, but I mean, I feel like their actions belie that. Speaking of it being an absolute cult, <laughs> this is an article. This was not photoshopped. This is not made up. Sherry, bring up this article. This is from a journalist named Lynn Wick that's actually over there in Norway. I would love to die from the AstraZeneca vaccine. It probably sounds very brutal, but some must be sacrificed in the war against the corona. That's the way it is in all wars. This time, it may well be me. Ugh. Holy, just, that's... <laughs> yeah. We, we need the Michael Jordan, Jeff, of stop it. Right. Get some yeah. help. Just, I mean, <laughs> at least we I mean, found something we can agree on with her. We think she should, too. I tell you what, guys, I'm just, you won't find anyone as generous as me. I hope everyone gets what they love. <laughs> I want everyone's dreams to come true. I really do. Um, so she actually goes on to, to detail in her op-ed here that, you know, there's been some healthcare workers, uh, specifically out in Norway that, that have died. Uh, there was a healthcare worker that died of cerebral hemorrhage after getting the vaccine and several others that have been admitted, uh, to hospitals with various different uh, levels of blood clotting that's threatening their lives, mm. um, after receiving the vaccine. Um, and so now several European countries have taken a break from vaccination with the AstraZeneca on the basis of similar cases. And so her point is, is that the, the war, the pandemic is just like a war. And in war, some people have to be sacrificed for the greater good. And so if she, if she could take this vaccine, if she could take some experimental gene therapy that led to her early demise, then so be it, because that would just mean they would have the data, they could make a better vaccine, and more people would be healthy and happy. I'll tell you what else would, would keep you from having blood clots is not take the damn thing. That would work. I mean, <laughs> just... Maybe. I feel... What's, what's, the, what's the thing of, you know, the, the simplest the simplest answer is often the, the correct one? The most correct one, yeah. Yeah. Um, I tell you what is that we talked about canceling earlier in the show with our with our various racist and 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 uh, homophobic slurs that, right. <laughs> that we were discussing earlier. But I'll tell you what if the what'll get you canceled on on a platform like a YouTube or a Twitter or Facebook faster than any of that is is disputing the official narrative on the coronavirus. And suggesting that vaccinations are not 100% safe and effective. Right. But there's a funny thing in that, specifically in that term, 100%. We, we just know objectively that's not correct. We know objectively that these vaccines, these vaccines have not been FDA approved the way vaccines normally are. They, are, they have been uh, released on emergency experimental uh, basis. We know that people, there have been people that have suffered adverse reactions to the vaccine. But above all that, we know that the vaccine itself is for a virus that has a mortality rate well below 1%. And, sp and, and that's overall, we're not even going to get into specific target groups. Like should, should a 16 year old be rushing to take a vaccine for a virus that? He either will never get or will get and will suffer little to no adverse reaction from. Mm -hmm. I just, I mean, Sherry, you know, Sherry, you're a mom. Do, yes, I am. Do, do you wake up every morning thinking to yourself, I got to get the kids out to get their COVID vaccines? Because if I don't, I'm putting them at serious risk. I mean, of course I do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Especially just, if we go everywhere without a mask. <laughs> I mean, it, it just... It just goes to show, ladies and gentlemen, that for people like that, for people who would write a headline saying, I would love to die from the mm -hmm. vaccine so that others may live, boy, that's cult-like behavior. Yeah. I got to say, it really is. So it's anyway. Martyrdom. It, it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. It's, 
that's that's actually a good point. It is martyrdom. It's as it pertains to the mandates, as it pertains to the to specifically to like masks. Mm-hmm. The 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 cult of the mask has produced a bunch of low status people who normally enjoy no power or authority, and they feel like scolding others on whether or not they're wearing their mask gives them a taste of what it's like to be relevant. Hmm. And and in that same sense, people people who suffer from the coronavirus, people who take the vaccine, people like this Lynn Wick who who want to take the vaccine and would welcome suffering adverse reaction that 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 gives them that that sort of that sort of Jesus syndrome, right? That they they feel like that they are sacrificing themselves for the greater the greater of humanity. Um so first of all, no, you're not. No. Um, and second of all, if I actually gave a damn about this woman, if, if this were somebody that I cared about, that was a loved one of mine, I, I mean, I, I just, I couldn't be more displeased to hear them say this. I would want them to be, I would want them to live. I would want them to be healthy and happy, but it, it, it still then comes back full circle to this concept that for these people, there's no amount of evidence that disputes the official narratives that can possibly move them from their positions. And as the evidence mounts, as it becomes more and more clear that this whole thing was just the biggest scam in modern history, that leads them to more and more extreme cult-like behavior to, to satisfy keeping their narrative alive. And so anyway, for the folks at home, if anybody comes to you and says, you know what, you, you should be required to have your vaccination. When can, when can I sign you up? We got a little PSA for you right here. So this is what you do. Guys, just say no. (laughs) I like her style. (laughs) Who is that? Is that Snow White? That's Snow White. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like this could be made into a movie with like, like Selma Hayek and Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be awesome. (laughs) Guys, we're going to be right back to wrap up the show right after this. Don't go away. Hi, guys. It's Alan here, and I want to take a moment to let you know about one of our supporters who started a new business. Laura Moreau sells 50 different health and wellness all-natural products from weight loss, supplements, energy enhancers, body toning, longer and stronger hair, and so much more. Do you like coffee? Well, they even have coffee that'll help you drop some pounds. And who doesn't want to drop a few pounds? Go check her out at her online store at lauramoreau.itworks.com today. That's lauramoreau.itworks.com. Like our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash TV. You can follow me on Twitter. That's twitter.com at TV. Subscribe to our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash TV. Guys, don't just complain about not having a decentralized platform that values your free speech. Go out and support one. We're now on Odyssey, and you can find us over there at, by searching Alan Mosley TV or It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. I do just want to say really quick, the folks at Odyssey have been awesome. So we, we've had a couple of issues over there, but they've always been ironed out really quick. I, I enjoy the platform. They value your free speech. It's decentralized. They work on the library token. I mean, just couldn't be better people. Also, if you're more of a listener than a watcher and you like to binge listen to podcasts, you can do so now because we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, all your favorite platforms of choice, thanks to Anchor. So there we are at Anchor FM. Once again, it's just Anchor FM slash Alan Mosley TV. Uh, Sherry, do you have a final thought? Yeah, just it's your job to protect yourself. Remember that. It's your job to protect yourself. It's also your job to protect your kids. Yes. It's also your job to educate your kids. Correct. And it's also your job to not be a pedophile. (laughs) No matter how much fun Sherry thinks it is, no. (laughs) No. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of It's Too Late, and we will see you next week.